Good morning. Good morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, because you are answering that awesome worship prayer. Abide with us this morning. We thank you, Father, because your love is always, always reaching for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you switched my tongue to the English tongue this morning. But thank you, you keep my heart in connection with your kingdom. Lord, this morning, we want to come closer to you. We want to know you better. We already know you in different aspects of our life. But we want to know you better, profound. We want to know you in a new way. We want to come to you. And we ask you at this moment to send on each one of us your Holy Spirit the only one who can touch our heart and can bring our heart to be open and to receive your word, your presence, and your love. Amen. Well, this morning I'm here with... uh, a heart, a a willingness in my spirit that you will and I will uh, be attracted to the Father's heart. And also uh, be safe from our own understanding and connect with the understanding of our God, how he work. And sometimes when we read the Bible, we have uh, uh, many area, we have a hard time to understand. And it's not new. Because Peter is, uh, he wrote in his letter, Paul is writing about things it's not easy to understand and can be switched very easily. So, 2,000 years later, it's still the same thing. (laughs) We need the understanding of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the heart who will be uh, touched by his hand and inclined to reach the kingdom of God. The last time I came, uh, we have a reflection about Jonah, remember? And uh, many of you came to see me after, and uh, some days after, and you said to me, I watched behind me, I didn't see any big fish running from me. So I said, glad for you. <laughs> uh, 
I will start by some scripture we went through with Noah. The first one is Noah chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice. They are in a boat. What kind of sacrifice they can offer? <laughs> Do you think sometime about the word of God? What kind of sacrifice these men offer to God? Maybe they throw lots of things overboard during the storm. I think myself, the possibility that they offer their heart to him. Make sense? They offer themselves to know better God and to follow him. Because they said, uh, it is written after, they offer a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. Uh, when you want to make vows to someone, it's probably because your heart has been touched profoundly. And your heart has been inclined to say, oh, there is a God, a real one. We have been experiencing the touch of God. So they offer a sacrifice. I really believe it was themselves because the heart has been touched and they offer vows. I would like to see happen this morning that your heart been touched and you offer vows to the God, the only one, the true one. I think we have to ask God to help us in this area our heart. The next verse in Jonah, it's uh, Jonah chapter 4, 1 to 3. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Is this not this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life. For it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah said, I knew. But he's saying something very true about God. He knew that true. The, the, the compassionate God he has. But something he didn't knew about God. Why he has the same thing for our enemy. And Jonah has to 
learn and understanding why God was acting like that. And God tells to Jonah. When, you remember, he sent that plant to cover Jonah, and the next day it died. And Jonah was worried about that plant. And God said, why are you worried about that plant? You did nothing. And I will not worry about these people, which did not know the difference between left and right. <laughs> Jonah learned something. Sometimes we think we know God. But Paul said that we know only in part. So we need to come to him as often as we can to understand him, how he is acting like that. And I need to ask you forgiveness because the last time I said to you that there is an area we can disobey God. And I will come back to that. And thank God for a precious sister and brother who come to see me and said, then came back, and I don't think it's right what you said about we can sin or we can disobey. But if we go back to that, Jonah disobeyed God. Is it true? He really disobeyed God. But there is no mention about God with his disobedience. And because he disobeyed, God knew when we disobey. And I do not encourage you to disobey, okay? <laughs> Be with me. I do not encourage that. But God knew that sometime we do not understand. And Jonah did not understand the purpose of God. Only at the end. But because of that, God saved many men on the boat. I would like to bring you to other scripture. I have paper here, so forgive me if I take time to find my pages. Uh, number three, that's for me. We have here a scripture in Luke chapter 17. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, we are here, remember, we have 10 men who has leprosy. And they, ha they came at distance and they asked Jesus to heal them. And Jesus, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Awesome miracle. 10 of them. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praised God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? As no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner, then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you 
well. In other transcriptions, especially in French, save you. Only one has been saved, 10 has been healed. Only one disobeyed the order of Jesus. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. That one disobeyed, came back, and has been safe. He disobeyed Jesus. Why? I will come back in a moment with that. The next scripture is Matthew chapter 9. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. It's about two men who came and asked Jesus to be healed. They were blind. Jesus went in her home, and they came in that home. And their sight was restored. According to your faith, let it be done. Now, listen. Jesus warned them sternly. That's strong word, sternly. See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. Jesus said something and they disobey again. They went all over the area and spread the good news. And the reaction is many people came to Jesus and each one of them have been healed. Has been healed. Yeah, not healed, healed. Well. Why these two men disobey again? And why Jesus, the answer is also do well to other people. Another one. Mark chapter 1. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. It's a man with leprosy again. The man said, if you will, if you are willing, heal me. And Jesus said, I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you do not tell this to anyone. Well, you know the answer, eh? But they go, show your, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses command to your cleansing has a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could not no longer enter in that village openly, but stay outside in an unlonely place. Yet, the people still came to him from everywhere. And again, Jesus 
answer their prayer and heal many, many people. Why these people who disobey Jesus and why Jesus did not really be offended, but instead he responds to the call of these people. Uh, in the Greek, many times when people goes out and Jesus said, don't talk, they goes out and they spread. The Greek word is they preach. They preach to the people about God. They preach to the people about Jesus. They preach to the people that finally someone is taking care of us. Well, that kind of disobedience, it's really talking to me about the head and the heart. The information they get here is don't spread the news. But the heart has been touched and the heart starts to overflow and rejoice and glorifying God and worshiping God. And from the heart, they killed their mind and they went and talked to everyone. So this morning, I hope you will receive this message not here, but here. Many times we think about the message. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch our heart. It seems that for French people, we have the opposite. We listen too much our heart and not think about enough. <laughs> so I remember when the watchmen, we were uh, together, English and French, and the, uh, one brother said, Oh, Lord, thank you for the English-speaking people. They are thinking. But we need the French-speaking people because we need a heart. Together, maybe we'll be good to worship you and honor you. So I prayed for my tongue, for English. Now I pray for you for have a French heart. <laughs> Ooh, that could be dangerous. <laughs> uh, we have French people here. Show them how a French heart reacts. <laughs> Amen! <laughs> Let's be kids, okay? I'd like to uh, uh, bring to that awesome scripture in John 17. <coughs> Sorry, I just came back from a cold trip. <clears throat> and I say hi to the precious uh, sister and uh, brother in Moncton who are watching this at this time very moment also. Jesus in John 17, we know that John 17 is the prayer of Jesus to the Father. There is a lots of stuff in that prayer we need to uh, meditate. But I'd like to bring to you the first uh, portion of that prayer. 
After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted his authority over how people that he might give eternal life to all those who have given him. Now, this is eternal life. Now, read that. This is eternal life. What is the eternal life? We have right there the answer. That they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That prayer gave a description what is the eternal life. The eternal life is to know God. Now, at this very moment. Because if we know more God, <laughs> sometime we said, oh, I know that person. But really, you know because you saw that one at the TV. Or someone talk about that person. But do we know the person? No. We get information about how we know someone. We know someone when we come close to that one. We know someone when we sleep in the same bed. <laughs> Wife and husband. We know someone because we walk with someone for a time. We know someone because we experience some action together. Many of us, we know the brothers and sisters in the church. But they're physical only. <laughs> and sometimes we even forget the physical <laughs> until the next Sunday. <laughs> That's my case. <laughs> but if we want to know each one, here, we have to spend time together. We have to invite brothers and sisters for a lunch. We have to do barbecues. We have to work around churches when we have work to do. We have to abide together. And when we come closer to someone, we know him or her better. How come, as Christian? We know God only at distance. Why? We can't, we are, thank you, Lord. Why? It will not be the opposite. Knowing God, because we are close to God. We have experience to God. We smell him. We touch him. We see him. We hear him. We need to have experiences. And many, many of my brothers and sisters, after all these years, when I talk with them, they know God with the Bible, 
They know God about the promises. They know God because of his preaching. But they don't have any one experience personal with God. We need to have experience with our Lord. And Lord wants to have experience with you also. He is waiting for you to come because he will never rush things. He will come to you. He wants to come to you, but he wants also to see you coming to him. I remember when I was uh, a young father and uh, my son and my, my daughter was younger, we, we play uh, a la cachette, hiding. <laughs> so daddy was hiding somewhere, disappeared suddenly. And Juliet said, where is daddy? Where is daddy? And now Simon and Esther said, where is daddy? Daddy, where are you? And I was waiting that they were far enough and knock on the wall. <coughs> oh, daddy is there. Run in the room. I was not making any noise. <laughs> Simon is smiling at the back. <laughs> I was waiting. He go out of the room and again, bang, bang, bang. Four or five times. <laughs> Until when they were really close to find me. I knock, boom, boom. They push the drapes. You are there, daddy. God is like that. He's waiting you. Sometimes he's making noise to attract you. Oh, oh yeah, God. And we be occupied again, busy again. And he knock again. But when you come closer, eventually, the veil will be open. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there is God smiling with the hand open. And he's smiling because I see the face of the kid <laughs> rejoicing and full of joy because they find me. We find God. We need experience. But this kind of experience, it's not working here. It's working here. The heart. Hallelujah. Let's go check First uh, Corinthians two, verse six to twelve. This is Paul. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the ruler of this age, who are coming to, to nothing. <laughs> no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, and that God this time, this time, for our destiny, thank you, <laughs> to our glory before time began. None of the ruler of this age understood it. For if they had, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eyes has seen, what no ear 
has heard and what no human mind has concealed, the things God has prepared for those who love him. You need a heart to love someone. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. And now Paul will give us something very needed in our life. The spirit search all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person true except their own spirit within them? No one know me better than me. No one know you better than you. That the spirit in me, my human spirit. In the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the spirit of God. When we have received, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Do you, do you get it? We cannot know God without the Holy Spirit. We can know God with our wisdom by reading the scripture. And many people read the scripture and they don't know God. We can know God by testimony of another one. We can know God by the preaching. But we need the Holy Spirit to really know God. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot. Remember, we will celebrate that soon. We have a call for 10 days searching the Holy Spirit. Which one of you has already set up his or her heart to participate? There is a call. We need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am with you every day. I have the power on heaven, on earth. Everywhere you will go, you will heal people. You will cast out demons. If someone wants to do bad thing to you, I will be with you. But wait. Wait, the Holy Spirit. And if you read the scripture like I read also, before the Holy Spirit, the disciples were trembling, were afraid. They were hiding. They were waiting. They obeyed that order to wait, but they were hiding until that day. After that day, no more hiding. They went out filled with power. 
they went out filled with knowledge. They went out because they have been touched by the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit do is lifting Jesus and revealing the God's heart. We need the Holy Spirit. And many Christians, I'm sorry to say that to you or to any kind of Christian in this world, but I'm ready to say it. Many Christians are walking their life. They are safe, but without the Holy Spirit. I'm from a Pentecostal background, and I am honored to have been there because I've been told that we need to seek. Personal testimony. I've been saved in 1981 in my car. I was a Catholic going Catholic church every Sunday. And we were in a time of difficulties. And the priest that Sunday took the scripture because at the Catholic church, we have also the scripture, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not long scripture, but we have the scripture. And the word of God can work in only one scripture. And the priest make his uh, sermon about that scripture in John 14, where Jesus said, I am the life, I am the truth, I am the way. And that scripture fall in my heart, not in my head, in my heart. And two days after, I was driving from north of Montreal down to Montreal, and in my heart, that scripture was there. I am the life. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the way. I am the life. I am the way. I am the truth. And it came strong here, very strong here. I have to stop my car on the side of the highway. And I cry to the Lord. Where is that way? Where is that life? Where is the truth? I am a good man. I try my best to honor my family, but I miss everything. I know it's true. I read that. I know it's true. I read that. But where are you? I don't see it. I go in the church, you are not there. I go working, you are not there. I talk with people, they never talk about you. And I start to weep. Where are you? And Jesus came in my car. And he said, only this, give me your life. My life. <laughs> My life, it's a mess. I can die here, no one will weep, except my wife. <laughs> you don't want that life. Yes. Okay, take it. And I was weeping. Take it. 
and peace. I don't can describe that, but something fall on me. And I knew that God will take care of me. I knew that God will prevail. I knew that God will uh, help me to go out of that mess. I knew everything. But he never said that to me. He just said, give me your life. And yes. (laughs) He never said to me that he will take care of me. But I knew. Why? Because the Holy Spirit touch my heart and from my heart I have a connection with the kingdom and I knew everything about his love oh French heart hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah I came back rushed to the house and I said Juliet God is real. He talked to me. (laughs) Juliet, look at me. (laughs) I knew it was not good for you to read the Bible. (laughs) I love you, husband, but I think it's done. Something, something hit your brain. <laughs> I said, no, it's real. He really talked to me. I quit my job. <laughs> Could you imagine, Juliet? <laughs> At that time, I was a salesman, but I sell nothing anyway. (laughs) So I said, I will go everywhere in the village. I will apply to uh, wash the dishes, clean the floor, clean the street with the broom. I don't know, but I have, I need a job. I will make $50 a week, but it will will be a real money. (laughs) Not dreams. And I quit the house and went in the village. Came back later, and that day, it's a Wednesday, (laughs) I remember. And that day, Juliet was supposed to work with a friend in the evening. And she said to me, "Um, sit down, Jacques. Oh, yeah, Uh, you are not going to South Shore of Montreal to work with with our friend? Sit down. And she said to me, I was supposed to quit you tonight for another man. But I have decided to stay and give you another chance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) I said, honey, I really met Jesus. If you want to leave because you think you will be more happy, I will help you with the luggage. I will help you. If you think you will be better there, it's okay. It's not your fault. It's me. Listen to that. It's not your fault. It's me. I had a difficulty to give you a good life. But if you stay, the Lord will take care. 
she said, save my marriage that same day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Juliet was not safe yet. That's another, for another preaching. <laughs> it's better when it's her who give that. I want to give you some scripture in Act 2, Act 4, and Act 16. Act 2. When the people heard this, remember, Peter stood up after the Holy Spirit has been spread, and he preached boldly. When the people hear this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. Where God is working, then say, oh, maybe it would be a good thing if I give my life to God. Well, that's right. If I walk with him, I will have plenty of things. That's thinking. They were cut to their heart. And they said, what we will do? And you know what happened after. 5,000 have been saved. 5,000. 3,000. Sorry, 5,000 is not their story. Thank you, brother. Five, thank you. Thank you. A bunch of people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Act four. All the believers were one in heart. What they did? Heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possession was their home, but they share everything they had. I pray on what just said about the Guatemala. Holy Spirit touched the heart. Without the heart, no giving will come because we will think. Are you ready to sell your house to send these kids? Amen. Uh, no, no amen. Okay. <laughs> Don't sell your house. <laughs> but you need to be touched here. These kids will go on a mission trip. What do you think they will experience over there? The Holy Spirit is waiting for them. They will encounter the work of God. They will see people who need. I remember the first trip I did. Someone came to see me, and he said, you are going on a trip. Now, we are in Canada. They are not in Canada. And many times, people will come to see you to pray because they need to eat that evening. You better pray well, because that's a real need. That's the kind of experience I went and I saw. The need of people. What do you think it did here? I came back filled with passion 
for the soul. That was in 1993. First mission trip. I don't say the good thing who happened. I say the good thing who happened here in my soul. These young life will touch that. They need experience. They need money to go there. And you will also experience something because you provide. From here, with joy. Holy Spirit is working now. Hallelujah. Josh, it's coming. The last scripture, Acts 16. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. Remember that? For the first time, Paul followed the Holy Spirit. Eh? <laughs> Three times and finally has a dream and he crossed and came in Europe. There were a bunch of prayer ladies, but one of them named Lydia, she was a worshiper of God. She was a worshiper of God. We are worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart. There is a difference worshiping God with our willingness to love him, worship him, and all that, but there is something we need. We need also to have our heart open during the worship. <laughs> I try my best every time I come here and we worship all together to close this and open this and worship my Lord, love my Lord from my heart. We need an open heart. Hallelujah. In the psalm, we have a tons of scripture about the heart. A ton. But I took Psalm 119. Blessed are those who keep his statute and seek him with all their heart. Thank you, brother. Bless him. <laughs> I will praise you with an upright heart. I will praise you with an upright heart. I seek you with all my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart. I have set my heart on your law. We need to set our heart. A mechanic spiritual setting. Quick. I have sought your face with all my heart. I kept your precept with all my heart. You statues are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decree to the very hand. I call with all my heart, answer me. 
Do you think God could resist to her heart who is calling him? He cannot. He is in love with you. He cannot resist when your heart is calling him. But my heart trembles at your word. We need to be in that kind of uh, trembling with our heart also. Hallelujah. We cannot know deeply God without our heart. We need our heart. And we need to disobey sometime with the heart. I will share that uh, testimony. 1993, I was going through a season of very, very deep difficulties. I've been blamed, blamed and hit by brothers in the church, even authorities in church. My heart was weeping, hurt, even to that point that Juliet said, I will never go back to church. I said, honey, you can stay here if you want, but I need to be at church. Just to give you a bit information where I was, I was at. And in the fall, I knew that a man of God was coming in the area, and he was a good singer. And I said, I need to be in a praise, worship surrounding. I'm bleeding here. So I went to that small village where he was, a small church, very small church. He didn't play music. <laughs> he didn't worship. He was there as a guest speaker to preach. And I was listening to him. He was like a free preacher. He can do anything, talk about anything. He was really free. I saw that he was free. And me, I was not. And at the end, now remember, Pentecostal type, okay? <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Lord, you closed my tongue. Hallelujah. At the end, he said, I make a call. Everyone who feel the Holy Spirit come in front. I turned, my wife was red. <laughs> she was under the Holy Spirit, red. <laughs> With heat and all that stuff. She said, Shao, we need to go, we need to go. We need to go up front. I said, go, I'm feeling nothing. <laughs> he said, only the one who feels something. I am cold. I feel zip nothing, 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 nothing. He said, only the one who feels something has to go there. So I won't go, go. <laughs> so she went and the, the guy started to pray for many people. I was standing there, I said, God, I feel nothing. But in my heart, I would like to have what he has, that one, the freedom. So I stood up, I said, well, I disobey, I go. I really said that, I disobey, I go. And if he's mad about me, no matter. <laughs> 
So I was there, very cold, and they were praying. And he came in front of me, and I have my eyes closed, and he said this, brother, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Brother, I command that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. I was a stone. But here, it was working. <laughs> what he wants, that guy? So the third time he said, Brother, be filled! <laughs> well, maybe I better to make a smile to him. Remember our president? <laughs> so I was like that. I start to smile. Bang! Two hours on the floor. Weeping, laughing, drunk. Two hours, rolling. Everybody was laughing about me. And that guy learned that I was a pastor. He said, ah! He need that. <laughs> Two hours later, I tried to collect myself. I said, Juliet, we need to go back to my father's place. He was taking care of uh, Simon and Esther. Juliet said, you cannot drive. Oh, yeah, I will drive. So I jump in the car, start to drive. Jacques said, can you go further than five kilometers per hour? <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> Thank God my dad was not leaving far. <laughs> Maybe the police would stop me because I was too slow on the street. <laughs> so I came, knock at the door at the apartment, my dad opened the door. He looked at me and said, You did not went to church. Pig, you are drunk. And I fall in the living room for another hour. That's the external. The internal. God healed me for all the pain, the injustice the heavy stuff who has been put on me. And he gave me an understanding why these people were doing that. It was their, their willing, it, it was not their will. It's because they were afraid. And I've been healed. That's the most important thing. My heart has been relief from those heavy stuff in me and we need to be touched by the Holy Spirit the Pentecostal is coming and God wants to touch us with his Holy Spirit because we desperately need that because our heart 
will be filled and we will do stuff not only from this, but from there. And when we pray for someone, it's not here, it's here. And things happen. Do you believe in miracle? You need the Holy Spirit. We need to set our heart to receive the Holy Spirit. Many times the apostle received the Holy Spirit. How many times we need to receive the Holy Spirit? As much as we can. And if someone rolled here and is glorifying Jesus, don't worry. He is the hand of the Lord. EBB, what do you think the church was doing when I was on the floor? Is it from God? <laughs> Don't worry. It's from God. Because Jesus said, the Father wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He will not give you nothing else than the Holy Spirit. Not a stone, not a poison. He will give you the Holy Spirit. Only him can give the Holy Spirit. Now you want to know God? I want to know God? Let's set up our heart on his. I ask the worship team to come. And I'm willing to pray for you, for your heart. Feel free to come. Don't worry. I will not push you down on the floor. <laughs> Let them do that, not me.